0: We're talking robots and smart home on today's Smart Home show, stay tuned. At the end of last year, I did a smart home holiday special with my friends from Home Tech FM and Home, on. and at the end of the podcast, we all did our predictions for the forthcoming year. One of mine was that we'd see more and more the two worlds of smart home and robotics coming together. To me, it's just such a natural peanut butter and chocolate combo. This idea that robotics would start to become more and more prevalent in our lives. And when it does, it'll naturally communicate with our home using sensors, cameras, etc. One of the companies leading that charge is iRobot, the maker of the Roomba robotic vacuum. And so for this podcast, I caught up with iRobot's VP of Technology, Chris Jones to talk about how the world of robotics and smart home are coming together. As always, thank you for listening to the Smart Home Show. For those of you who came out to the Smart Kitchen event at the Target Open House Store last week, it was great to see you. It was good to talk to you guys. Anyone going to South by Southwest, uh, I will be going there for a couple days. So uh, give me a shout-out on Twitter or direct message me. Maybe we can connect there. Do me a favor, check out The Spoon, our new editorial site, focused on the future of cooking in the kitchen. And we have some smart home stuff there as well, the spoon.tech. And if you want to listen to more smart home shows, go to technology.fm or just look for us in your favorite podcast app. All right, folks, let's talk to Chris. You know, I'm interested more and more so in how robotics will become a part of the broader smart home. And this is something I think you think a lot about. Um, and you know, I think the first sign of you guys kind of weaving into the smart home was last year when you guys released your Wi-Fi enabled Roomba. So talk a little bit about what you guys are doing in that regard.
1: Sure. I mean, we're very excited about the, the advances that we're seeing building on, on top of our consumer robots in the home, and in particular, how that's really setting us up to Play an important, invaluable role within the the broader connected home or, or smart home ecosystem. Um, so, as you mentioned in uh, September 2015, we launched the Roomba 980, which is the the top of the line uh, Roomba models. Um, there are a couple things very interesting about that uh, that new product launch. One is they're connected; they're Wi Fi connected, so that today enables the consumer to interact with their robot through a mobile app. Um, makes it easy to schedule, makes it easy to check in on the robot, see mission stats and things like that, which, which is interesting, but it's really setting the stage. Uh, and we're, we're putting a lot of focus around um, how these robots that are already, you know, uh, you know, pervasively out there around the world doing very valu- valuable tasks in, in helping to keep uh, people's homes clean for them. Um, but it's opening up the door for those robots, uh, to play a broader role in the connected home ecosystem. And, um, in addition to Wi-Fi, the other bit of capability that's new in those, uh, those top of the line robots and they're starting to these capabilities, Wi-Fi, et cetera, are coming down the line now is, that they they actually are mapping the home during their mission. Imagine a 2D blueprint of the home being built that that robot is using itself to know where it's cleaned, where it hasn't cleaned. It needs to recharge before, you know, finishing the entire level of the home. It knows how to do a beeline all the way back to the house, to the dock, recharge, and then when it's ready to go, comes back off the dock and goes and finishes uh, its cleaning run. Um, so those are some brand new capabilities you know over the past uh, year, a little over a year, um that we're very excited about it. It increases the value of the core Roomba product and its core mission, but is also really opening opening the door to some exciting uh, frontiers around how robots can play a broader uh, role within the smart home.
0: This mapping concept and aspect, I think is hugely important. And like you said, it's a 2D map, but you know, you could take a, a blueprint of how the house is built, but that doesn't understand how the furniture is there or what, you know, maybe the machine, the, the bike machine is now there and, and, and things are changing. So I, I talk a little bit about how that could be used. If you're maybe uh, another smart home system, how this information can be leveraged.
1: Uh, sure. So some of the things that we can start with uh, very much in the today is just looking at the 2D blueprint. Um, you can imagine if you're trying to set up and orchestrate um, the variety of smart home sensors that are out there today. So let me, you know, just tell a little, uh, maybe a little simple scenario, but it, it illustrates the point. If you want to set up some, um, you know, motion sensors and connected light bulbs, for example, um, and you just want lights to turn on when you enter a room and off when you leave, um, if you want that, you know, throughout the throughout the home. It does require a level of capability on the homeowner, on the consumer, to set up and orchestrate and configure those devices, which motion sensors trigger which lights. You know, this sensor should turn on these two lights, that one should turn on this lights, or both of these motion sensors should turn on the same set of lights covering a large room, for example, that requires kind of some logical programming on the part of the consumer to really set that up and and make it work the way they want to. But now imagine that you have a map of the home and all you need to do is kind of tap on that map, click on that map to tell your smart home where these devices are. You know, I click, I have a motion sensor here on the desk in the living room, click, you know, I have a light bulb uh, here and that connected light here in the study and just set those up on the map and then Imagine just checking a box saying, no, just give me lighting wherever I am. Um, when you have knowledge of the layout of the home, it's very simple then to know, well, you know, this is the sensing cone of that motion sensor. Here are the lights within that physical room of the home. Uh, I'm going to turn that light on when that motion sensor is triggered. It's something you can very easily automate the setup or the orchestration of those devices if you have a fundamental understanding of the layout of the home. Um, so we can do things like um, automatically know segment rooms. So we know where the living room is, we know where the kitchen is, we know where the uh, the study is. Um, so you can now start grouping things by room spatially, just very simply. Um, that takes a lot of that burden away from the consumer to have to kind of logically understand how to connect and orchestrate. Their, their variety of smart home devices in the home. Um, so those, that's a, you know, a, an, an illustrative example around how you can get some pretty interesting capabilities in a way that's very usable, um, on the part of the consumer, all driven by this spatial understanding of the room where, uh, of the home, where the rooms are, which rooms are adjacent to other rooms, you know, just what the physical layout of the space looks like.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the, the Roombas are, the only robots, by and large, that consumers have today, if, they're, if, if they have robots in the home, maybe they have a drone. But you know, it's really kind of the first mass market robot moving around. It has a camera. You talked about the mission stats it's gathering. I'd be interested in how, what kind of information it's gathering, and how that is evolving over time to maybe you know get more intelligent and maybe add to the intelligence of the smart home.
1: Uh, sure. So, I mean, to begin with, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh Roomba is probably the most uh is the most successful consumer robot out there today. We pride ourselves on being very practical. So, you know, the Roomba is does a very functional job, a valuable, a valuable job for the consumer in the home. And that's something that iRobot as a whole is very focused on. Um And, and given that, you know, that, that core value that we're able to provide, it's not just a cool robot for the home. It's actually doing a valuable task. You know, we, we have built a very successful business out of that. Um, globally, you know, we're very successful, um, uh, in the U.S., we're very successful having over uh, more than 90% market share of the, of the consumer robot, uh, robot vacuum, uh, segment. Um, so we're, you know, we're very focused on building practical value producing products for the home that, that work very well. Um, so, looking forward, um, you know, today, as you mentioned, the the robot has a very low resolution camera on that platform that is used on board the robot um, to process that imagery to be able to build uh, this map of the home, and it helps the robot know where it is, where it's cleaned, where it hasn't cleaned, etc. All that's done on board uh, on board the robot itself um looking forward we are very interested in being able to build out additional capabilities using sensors on the robot so you could imagine um a scenario at some point in the future where that robot you know not only builds a 2D blueprint of the home but is also able to recognize ah that's a dining room table uh, and be able to just you know do a beeline and target cleaning under the dining room table because it knows historically that's where a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of where a lot of dirt and debris is. So really focus its cleaning strategy around that. Um, or, you know, if it knows where, you know, the living room is, it knows what that room is, and it knows, you know, it can recognize that, oh, that's a couch in the living room. You can now start to offer the consumer some really interesting capabilities, like being able to, you know, just kind of tell the Roomba, hey, Roomba, go clean uh, in front of the couch in the living room. Um, you just verbally need to say that the robot knows where the living room is. It knows where the couch is in the living room because it's seen it. Um, now it knows where to go clean. So it gives it that spatial context, that understanding of, of the context of the home that really opens up some interesting capabilities for, you know, immediately things like Roomba, but looking forward, other types of valuable robots in the home that can really build on top of that, that core understanding of the, of the layout and the, the space and the devices in the home is, is a very interesting prospect for the smart home of the future.
0: Yeah. I think that's fascinating. The contextual understanding and what, mm-hmm. what where it becomes really interesting if it learns over time um, either through inputs, but also like you said, it recognizes it's a, it's a kitchen table. Maybe it also knows like it's picked up a lot of volume of debris <laughs> around that table. There in the past. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I'm wondering if like, there could be contextual understanding from other sensors in the home, whether that's, you know, an Alexa and you know that this Alexa is in the kitchen because a lot of information is, you know, they're asking lot of kitchen about recipes, a lot of information about recipes. Or, you know, it has close proximity to something like, uh, you know, an August door lock. So it knows, it knows it's near a door at some point. So do you are you thinking about these scenarios where it starts to pick up information from other smart home sensors and products?
1: Yeah, I think that's an exciting direction to be thinking about. Uh, and we're, we're absolutely um, uh, thinking about that and, and actively working in those directions, uh, you know, under the general heading, like I said, of where we, we think that there's a lot of unique value that, that, uh, that our robots, you know, today can provide within the smart home ecosystem. I mean, you can almost imagine, um, you know, things like the Roomba are, you know, in effect, mobile sensor platforms in the home. Um, you know, we we have a robot that that has a map of the space of the home. It knows where it is in the home. It it currently has some sensors on it and could have others, you know, looking forward for other applications. But you can do some exciting things. I mean, a simple one is um, just to illustrate. Um, let's just assume there's a simple temperature sensor on the robot. It knows where it is all the time. It's moving systematically, covering the entire space of, of the level of a level of a home um, more or less every day. Um, given the usage patterns of our consumers, so you can imagine this is very easy now to imagine building essentially a heat map of the home, not just you know what's the temperature at the location of the thermostat, but what's the temperature everywhere every day, um, you know at at a at a point in time every day, you can start to see what the what the temperature profile looks like that you know the area near the thermostat may be right where you want it at seventy four, but yeah, you, you have, you may have, uh, some drafty windows in the other room, um, that the temperature in there is much, you know, much different. Um, or you you just get a sense for, um, how the, the temperature of the home is, uh, is distributed to influence how the thermostat might set the temperature. Or if you have, you know, connected individual connected, um, uh, uh, HVAC control in each room, um, through, you know, things like uh, out there now, the connected, uh, connected vents and so on, you can actually customize and tailor, you know, how your HVAC system is running to both give you the comfort you want um, that's invisible to you. The robot is building this temperature map for you. So it's, it's an invisible sensor for you, gives you the comfort you want, but also, you know, can really help dial in uh, efficiency. Uh, in terms of how you, how you might heat or cool your home. So that's an example of a very simple piece of information that these robots that are moving throughout the home every day can be collecting and looking at over time, um, to help make the smart home better in partnership with other connected devices in the home.
0: Have you thought about, I mean, this may be, you know, farther out there, but like uh, even a security scenario, like it's, if it's the only mobile robot in the home, And it has a camera on it. Maybe it has other cameras on it. It has sound sensors. Could it be, you know, if there's motion sense in in one room, could it be like a, hey, let me go check out what's going on in here. Is it just the dog or something else?
1: No, absolutely. If you have, you know, motion sensors around the home um, and one of them gets triggered, um, you could have something like a robot that, A, it knows where that motion sensor is. B, it knows where itself is and how to navigate from where it is to where the motion happened. Goes in there, takes a a snapshot and, and sends you that picture. Um, for you to decide, do I need to, you know, go ahead and let the alarm trigger, or that's a false alarm? Um, you, you know, there are a variety of scenarios like that. If you have sensors around the home, if you're detecting, you know, some abnormal uh, humidity from from a humidity sensor, for example, or a leak, a water leak sensor um, that that's uh, in the kitchen, right in the home, um, you could then, and you're not home, before calling, you know, the plumber out to, to or someone over to come check on this just sending a robot over there to take a few pictures from around the space from different perspectives to help you get an assessment of what the situation is to, to best respond to it. So you can't imagine you know, that that robot is is kind of your your eyes and ears anywhere in the home um, to be able to respond to or get you know give you better information and better context that other static sensors in the home might be giving you.
0: I want to talk a little bit about just the evolution of consumer home robotics. And it, this could be broader uh, than just iRobot. I mean, I saw that uh, Pepper, the robot from SoftBank is, was demoing at the beta store. So you're starting to see uh, companies thinking about rolling out more humanoid, like form factors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, will we see mass market humanoid robots in the next five years, uh, doing any sort of significant, significant volume?
1: I mean, that's an interesting question. It uh, kind of, uh, 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 pulls me back to my statements earlier about how iRobot's a very practical company, so we love robots you know we're very passionate about robots, but um, just through our experience so over the past twenty six years uh, that irobot has been around, um, all of that experience has really taught us the importance of really focusing on what what are you doing with this robot like well, what is the, the the job of this robot? Because you really want to build something that does what it says it's going to do very practically, especially if it's going to be in homes around the world, it's just got to work. There's no oh, it kind of work sometimes in a lab or in a you know in a demo setup. Uh, it's got to work out of the box for the consumer that could care less about um, you know the details of the robot. It's doing a job for that person and we need it to do the job well. And you also need to deliver that at a price point that makes sense. Um, so you really have to balance all of these things. Yes, it's a robot, you know, for for a lot of the uh, uh, there are a number of applications for robots. But we're constantly asking ourselves, can we do a particular task with a robot effectively and efficiently and cost effectively? Um, so that's always the equation that we're we're playing with. That's led us to things like the Roomba. It's a very focused, very practical product. Um, it's very exciting, but it, it's very uh, focused on doing its core job very well. Um, so, you know, that that. Ask the question when you start talking about more humanoid robots or more general purpose types of, types of robotics in the home in general. Um, you know, it's always a struggle to find, can they, can you do something with that morphology or that sophistication of a platform that's going to do a great job at something that's of real value to the consumer and do it at a price point that makes sense? So it may do a job very well, but if it costs 10,000 bucks, it's probably, you know, not going to be that practical. And similarly, you know, if it if it if it does twenty things and it does them all, you know, mediocre, you know, that's also not necessarily a very compelling value proposition to the consumer. So, so. you're
0: more utilitarian and less about okay, let's what is this vision that's been ma- mapped out in, in science fiction novels and <laughs> nowadays costs two thousand um, dollars. You're more about okay, this is what can do a task really really well. Uh, you know, more the information appliance model versus kind of the Swiss Army knife.
1: Exactly. We're, we're just very practical, focused on providing that real value to the consumer. And, you know, at such point in time, some number of years in the future that a humanoid robot walking around the home is the right answer, then I'm sure we'll be right there. Um, but today, you know, that I believe that's, that's many years off into the future and iRobot is, is maintaining its focus on, on real value to the consumer.
0: So with that in mind, focusing on utility versus uh, you know, doing lots of things at 20% value, <laughs> value or quality, you know, I'm starting to see pockets of robotics, at least in the areas I look at. One area is the kitchen. Um, you know, we, I see there's a couple startups doing for, for example, robotic drink mixing and it, it actually seems like it works fairly well. It's, you know, you have a couple chambers and mixes it. There's some guys trying to do some form of robotics around cooking. I haven't seen that stuff move as far along so I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious about are there pockets you're seeing kitchen or otherwise where it's, we're starting to see interesting potential for robotics in the near term.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there are there there's a variety of exciting opportunities around the home for 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 robots. Um, you know, they the and and iRobot is, you know, on top of what's going on and and uh, how all of these capabilities and technologies are developing and um, you know, I think there there's been some advances uh, when you're starting to think about uh, artificial intelligence or kind of machine intelligence, um, visual perception. Um, you know, there've been a lot of advances that, that are, are allowing the community to take a step in those directions. And it'll be really exciting to see when we actually have, you know, have solved the practical implementation of, you know, if you're talking about cooking or things like this, that the practical implementation of robotic arms, um, all of the perception needed to, you know, be able to recognize, Oh, you know, there's that tomato and Oh, it's got a bruise on it. I might want to trim that out before just blindly chopping it up. Um, and being able to handle that diversity of, you know, of fragile items and so on, I think is very exciting. I think there's a lot of hard work ahead. Um, but it's really exciting to see the community start to poke and prod at, you know, trying to find, uh, trying to find those unique solutions in the home. You know, I would, uh, you know, I will always adv- advocate for, you know, do it in a practical way. So you need to solve the whole problem and you need to really look at it from through the lens of, is there a practical path from where we are today to getting a product that makes sense uh, in terms of value to the consumer um, and in companies that can they can kind of crack all of those problems and deliver a, a capable, compelling product at a price point that makes sense, I think we'll have uh, some really exciting success. So I look forward to seeing how those things evolve over over the coming years.
0: When I think of iRobot, you largely focused on cleaning, uh, so you talked a little bit about some other areas. Are you are you guys watching evaluating developments in every aspect of the consumer life? And you, can you see at some point moving into other areas using robotics in the home?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, um, you know, today we are uh, uh, our core products are around cleaning, so things like the Roomba, which is a vacuuming robot. Um, we have we've seen a lot of great uh, success here very recently in our new line of of, of mopping robots and uh, our, our hard floor care robots in our Brava uh, line. So those are robots that do wet wet or damp uh, mopping of hard hard floors. Um, so that's a, a second uh, a second leg. Um, we've we've done some other things in the past and we are absolutely 100 percent always looking at new opportunities for robots in and around the home and um you know we are we're always trying different things you know a lot of things never see the light of day when we realize that you know there's still you know not a path to a practical solution and we need to go back to go back to the R&D side on some fundamental part of the of the uh, technology or product vision and so on um but yeah we're we're 100% uh, uh really uh, uh 100% looking at new types of of uh, robots uh for for the home
0: so you talked a little bit about You know, there's been advances in AI and machine learning. You know, a lot of the kind of the heat and kind of interest around AI and machine learning this year, at least in the consumer realm, has been around things like uh, Alexa as well as Google Home. uh, You know, more broadly, things like chatbots and bots, where a lot of the computation happens in the cloud these are uh, more ephemeral. They're not necessarily physical robots, but I I still see a lot of potential overlap. Talk a little bit about how you guys are thinking about what you're watching with regards to things like Alexa and, and, and Google Home and how you guys can tap into that or how you're maybe, is it competitive? Are you guys going to work with those guys to a certain degree? Talk about that.
1: Sure. No, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, some very exciting advancements that have come through things like uh, the Amazon Alexa uh, family. Um, that's a... a some fantastic capabilities that really address some of the, as I was saying, the usability challenges of how do you interface with the smart home? Um, you know, the, the model of a mobile device with, a, you know, tens of apps on it to individually control different devices is, is maybe where we've been here in recent years, but it, it's certainly not. And I don't think, uh, uh, I doubt many would agree that that's uh that's the, the end goal <laughs> is a phone with a bunch of apps on it to control devices. So, looking at new interface paradigms in the smart home, I think is very exciting. I think there's some uh, fantastic opportunities to be uh, integrating the unique capabilities and and position in the home that robots do. So as I mentioned, you know, a a mobile platform, sensor platform um, that can provide this spatial context, uh, this contextual understanding of the home that robots can provide. I think there's some fantastic opportunities to be uh, integrating those unique capabilities with the very compelling and unique capabilities of things like um uh, Alexa or Google Home or you know there's a whole variety of, of different types of uh, of the smart of smart connected devices in the home that present themselves as, as unique integration opportunities so i think those have been you know fantastic advancements and and uh you know i'll look forward to seeing uh seeing how this whole ecosystem evolves and uh um uh, we're certainly pushing for um, introducing, um, the central value that, that robots in the home can play, uh, within these broader ecosystems.
0: How'd you get into robotics yourself?
1: Uh, me, I found my way into a robotics lab, uh, as an undergraduate at Texas A&M and had a fantastic experience. Um, that's, uh, about 20 years ago now. Um, so I've worked my way through, you know, working as an undergrad in a, in a research lab in robotics, worked for, uh, some robotics research for the Department of Energy, uh, spent some time in grad school at the University of Southern California, and then uh, for the past uh, 10, 12 years now or so uh, at iRobot, which is couldn't ask to be at a better place. If you want to be at the center place, uh, the centerpiece of, of practical robots in the home, making a real difference in people's lives, couldn't have asked for a better place to land than iRobot. So it's been exciting journey.
0: You got in pre-Mindstorm era. Uh, you know, I would imagine looking <laughs> around nowadays, all the kind of early STEM education, things like Mindstorms. And, and we're going to see just an explosion of kids and people entering what you're trying to do, what you're doing now.
1: No, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that's great. And uh, it, it's a very powerful tool to help with uh, with education. We have um, for years now, we've had the iRobot Create, which is more or less a Roomba with all the vacuuming bits removed. Um, that is made available to educators for STEM or hobbyists to be able to, you know, develop new capabilities on top of a very low-cost um, uh, um, uh, mobile platform built on top of, uh, of Roomba that's all out there for us to support, uh, primarily to support STEM. And iRobot as a company is very committed to um, uh, to supporting STEM education. Um, we have all of our employees who are spending a lot of time in schools um, trying to help uh, uh, or to encourage and support teachers in STEM education. And, you know, we do believe that robotics is a very powerful tool to teach science, technology, engineering, math. You've got the electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, the programming aspects. It's all there in one, you know, pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting system for, for kids to get their hands around. So I love seeing all the, uh, the, the robotic based uh, STEM products coming out there. Um, I think it's a uh, fantastic.
0: Hey Chris Jones, thank you so much for spending time with me, talking a little bit about what you guys are doing. And uh have a great day, man.
1: Great, thanks a lot, Michael. Well, that was a lot of fun.
0: If you don't already have some robots in your home, you probably will soon. I have a couple, including a robotic vacuum and a Spiro. I don't have a humanoid robot yet. That's still to come. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, check out our archives, go to technology.fm or just look for us on your favorite podcast app. Also, do me a favor, go to the spoon.tech. Sign up for our newsletter. We only email you once a week, and there's lots of great smart home stuff in there as well. I'd appreciate it. And who knows, maybe I'll buy you a beer at South by Southwest. That's it for now. We'll talk to you soon.